This is a Honky Tonk Man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, and you're listening to The Wrestler Review. This is the greatest episode of the Wrestler Review ever, because we are doing, finally, the Big Dick Maniac, the man who doesn't remember his own name sometimes, a guy who was either an All-American, a three-time NCAA champion at Temple, or at another college, I forgot. Let's just say Purdue. No, he no, because he says himself, he's like, I was a three-time NCAA All-American at, at uh, like, Purdue. And then he'll be, like, at Temple. Like, he doesn't even remember I don't think any of his own shit. I've been thinking about this. Ladies and gentlemen, this week on The Wrestler Review, we are talking about Virgil. I think Virgil is the biggest evidence for time travel ever. And he is of another time and world dropped onto this planet. And he's just trying to... He, he knows he needs to give us a message, but he doesn't know what it is, which is why he's so awkward and confused on camera. So he just, he's like, oh, this is my chance. I can tell them not to elect Trump. Oh, I don't remember what it is. <laughs> okay, I'll just stand here awkwardly wearing sunglasses, I guess. Can you tell me what you said off air? Let's start this episode with a bang. Oh, he's the first wrestler with autism. Oh, my God. What a bang. Yeah, he's definitely he's the first artistic wrestler. Because look at everything he does is that it's literally he's just he's been he, he runs patterns. He's been told like this is how a wrestler acts. This is how what a wrestler does. But there's no soul behind it. He can't emotionally connect to anything like Jesus Christ. I have seen less passion and excitement from someone who got one of the biggest pushes of the late 80s, early 90s. When he leaves the Million He's, Dollar Man, yeah. they throw everything at him. They give him music. They l- give him weird shorts to wear. Rowdy <laughs> Roddy Piper is his manager for no reason. Because they're like, well, this guy can't talk or be exciting. Let's give cocaine an address to him. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing, right? Like, uh, I mean, that is one of the great examples of how they've always colored the sidekick split off whoa colored is, Ooh, jillen very inappropriate Ooh, john stop it stop john dylan stop god it. doesn't respect people that aren't white i asked him to lay off the slurs and he says don't tell me what to do you must <laughs> knuckle and i'm saying Mm-mm, no no Every time they do like a Dylan got you said they and we know he's talking about black people. Shut the fuck up. Dylan told me to shut the fuck up and I know he's picturing me being Chinese. He may have been Virgil one. He's may have used to been uh, Soul Train Jones, but I'll always know him as Virgil. Okay. He'll always be Curly Joe to me. Curly Bill, you no. fucking idiot. No, he changed it to Curly Joe later on and was briefly tried to make it as a country <laughs> act in Nashville. I could, I would, also he claims sometimes he was born in Nashville and then Pittsburgh other times. I love it. I fucking love it. I was born in uh, Pittsburgh. Is it possible Virgil's two people? Is it possible he's twins and that's why we get very conflicting <laughs> stories? Well, they all look the same to you, so that's what you would think. 
Sometimes you watch about? interviews with uh, you're like, oh, this I didn't know Virgil had a talk show, and I'm like, that's Oprah, John. That happens all the time. They both have wide backs. I don't see how I can uh, how I'm wrong in being confused. <laughs> so all this research we've done. Welcome to the rest of you. Here's the one thing you should take away: Oprah, wide-backed woman. <laughs> Oprah Lesnar, or yeah. Brock Winfrey. Yeah, Chicago, yeah, she's the Chicago Lesnar. <laughs> she also has the same tattoo right between her uh, JoJo's. What are JoJo's? Titties. Yeah! That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> Let's talk about tits. Yeah, tits review. <laughs> That's on the Patreon feed. We just talk about jugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the tits review. Best thing about those tits? That they're tits. Worst thing? They're out of my mouth. All right. Cue the Limp Biscuit song. It's always either if it's in England, it's in a Weatherspoons, and if it's in Canada, it's in a Fox and Fiddle, and if it, we do an episode in America, it's in a TGI Fridays at noon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wear all FUBU, but inside out, <laughs> and you're wearing just Adidas tracksuit bottoms, and you've written tits on your tum-tum. There you go. And I'm wearing, yeah, and just whatever shirt I found on the ground most recently. That just sounds like how you dress every day. I actually dress really well. Right now I'm in a three-piece suit, and uh, I'm in a martini bar. I'm having a martini. Yeah, but those three pieces all have different types of mustard stained on them. (laughs) That's what makes it three pieces. (laughs) They're not three pieces together. They're just three pieces with the same condiment covered in them. Yeah. But let's talk about Mike Jones, your boy, Virgil. This he is not my boy. I fucking hate Virgil. I fucking you hate fucking him. You fucking hate Virgil. Why do you hate Virgil? He sucks. He's the okay. The worst of. I love the bodyguard gimmick. It's the best like heel move of like this guy's my bodyguard. He is the worst bodyguard by far because he is. You think so? Three inches shorter than the guy he's trying to protect. That's why I liked. Uh, that's why I liked Virgil as the bodyguard. Um, is because he could take losses. You know what I mean? Like, because the million dollar man was always the, he hide behind, he hides behind whoever. And they would do this all the time, starting in like, like a year in when, when they introduced Virgil is Virgil would start wrestling. And then the guy who uh, DiBiase was feuding with would get a victory over Virgil. So it was like Virgil in one-on-one competition is no challenge for these guys, but he can sure hit a man in the back when he's not looking, you know? I yes no I see your point I just like when the bodyguard is just this fucking sort of like big giant monster that doesn't really wrestle and uh, just attacks people. Diesel, excellent example of this. The Outsiders for Hulk Hogan. Batista, great Batista. Yes, please. Deacon Batista. Batista. The best part. That's when they. That's when he was at his best. I. The funny thing is, watching this back, I only think like it is uh, racially weird. But um, another thing is uh, that it clearly is uh, <laughs> if if it was twenty years later, I mean Attitude Era, a hundred percent. It's Ted DiBiase fucks this guy in the ass, <laughs> or this guy fucks Ted DiBiase in the ass, and that's the relationship. Oh, I I would even go Ruthless Aggression Era. You, we would have seen it. No, yeah, we, DiBiase would have come out for WrestleMania with like white trunks, and it would just had a huge red stain in the butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Virgil would have come out in white trunks with just a huge red stain on the front because Vince is confused yeah. on how anal sex were. His dick fell off. <laughs> He would have come out, chili pepper sock. That would have been it. That would have been his whole thing. He'd come out in a chili pepper sock. That is one of the worst descriptions of, oh, my word in heaven. 
Yeah, that's what the Red Hot Chili Peppers, for you don't know, used to where have concerts where they would just just have a sock over their peener. Oh, I thought you were saying that he made his butt bleed so bad that his dick is now like a like a red liquidy chili pepper. I did not mean that. I <laughs> I could have never thought of that if you would have told me that in a thousand years, John. <laughs> well, sometimes we were, sometimes we find out who's the real dark one. You know what I'm saying? John is racist and weird. I wouldn't say I'm homophobic, but I don't know their customs. Um, <laughs> that means you're just ignorant to their culture. Yeah. I don't have time to learn. I'm too busy thinking about Mike Jones and his various appearances at comic cons. He has had a s- separate career just being a wrestler everyone makes fun of. There's a great Chris Hero interview where he just says he asked Virgil for an autograph and Virgil said no. <laughs> That's good stuff. I also, I spoke to friend of the program, Colt Ferd Cabana, and asked him about Lonely Virgil, and all he said was like, that guy has so much money. He's just weird. I mean, that legit could be what you were saying. He just could be like the most openly autistic wrestler, because for sure there's autistic wrestlers. Yeah, there's not. Vince McMahon has a touch of autism. No one is that specific about words without clearly having some issues about like... And this is not to disparage anyone with autism or anything like that, by the way. I'm just saying that if you do have, um, uh, if you are autistic, please seek help and uh, make sure that you're getting the therapy and the support that you need, as opposed to Vince McMahon, who got none of that support. And now, if you sneeze near him, you're fired. So, Larry, let me let me cut to what uh, the core of what John is saying is. If you're autistic, change. It's bad. I believe it's not bad, but John believes it is. That's interesting. That's not what I was saying at all. Also, for those of you that don't know, Dylan doesn't believe in autism. Yeah, it's vaccinations. Yeah, that's what he thinks. But what's weird is Dylan has been vaccinated, but he made them do it Even all in his dick. NyQuil causes autism. Yeah, put inject NyQuil into my dick, he said. He's like, I want to have a green bell pepper sock. He's trying to make his dick green like a green bell pepper. Oh, uh, I don't uh, take Tylenol. That makes you, you a mind pussy. Submissive and bad. Mind Pussy, by the way, is a new show on Netflix about the invention of the, the FBI squadron that hunts Dylan got. It's real good. Uh, he, Mind Pussy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate that fucking laugh. Um, no, Mind Pussy is, uh, that's actually a TV show uh, about George the Animal Steel uh, and his dating tips. <laughs> I would watch that every... What you want to do is marry the first woman you shake hands with at 19 and never look at another one again. <laughs> point at her and say that's mine forever remember wrestling was just my summer job and then i retired got uh, a variety of horrific diseases yet refused to die i seem like a good man but based on the karmic uh, treatment of myself during the latter years of my life i think we all can agree i am a rapist what are you basing that on George the Animal Steel comes across like the nicest man in the entire world. If you read about his health problems for the last 15 years of his life, all you can think is, if there is a God, this is happening because you did stuff. Like, <laughs> what? Like a crazy weird version of diverticulitis where they had to remove his asshole. He had IBS so bad that like he had two different colostomy bags. Like just so many surgeries involving shitting this sounds like how brock lesnar will die though you, for, you sure. Look for sure for sure, sure, sure. steel and and brock lesnar and both think there are some guys who 
won't say no to vegetables, but they will just throw them on the ground and say, that's for animals, I'm a man, and then just eat a raw steak. <laughs> well, George the Animal Steel had a real problem saying that's for animals, because they're like, we know, that's why we gave it to you. And he's like, ah, oh, you're confused. That's good stuff. It was a pun. Everyone's having fun right now. I don't know how to pun. That was a good pun. <laughs> it's not all bleeding asshole jokes sometimes there's a fun in here yeah guys we're wordsmiths as well before virgil uh became before mike jones became virgil he was known as soul train jones in championship wrestling association based in memphis tennessee feuded with big bubba and chuck donovan oh no sorry chick donovan which i assume was um you idiot Jerry Lawler's creation. Um, I really like that song, Mellow Yellow, and What Do I Like to Fuck? That's your name. Uh, he then <laughs> debuts in 1986 in the WWF. Does he debut as Virgil? No. He debuts as... Soul Train. Oh, Luscious Brown. Luscious Brown. Dylan made this great point before, the sh- uh, before we recorded, which was... I forget. Um, all of his names are horrible black stereotypes. Like, his name could literally... Like, could have been like, and in this corner, fried chicken can't swim. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this is wrestling. Please so. welcome to the ring, fuzzy hat, always late. <laughs> this is all, This is wrestling. So they were basically like, oh, we got this wrestler coming in, Mike Jones. And then the promoter's like, oh, Mike Jones. What are we going to call Mike Jones? And then he would see a, a picture of him. And he had his hand in the wrestler names box, and then he was like, oh, not that one. And then he took out the black wrestler names box. How crazy is it that Kamala, there weren't more guys like Kamala? Like, the fact that Kamala, like, you like, okay, Kamala, he was the witch doctor. The fact that there wasn't, like, 50 of those, because you're just like, hmm. And also that there was only one pimp, amazing. And I know a lot of you are going, yeah, oh, the fact Slick that there was, was only pimp, one never pimp. confirmed to be a pimp, and later became a reverend. Who? Slick. That's true. <laughs> I never thought Slick was a pimp. Some people consider Slick a pimp. I don't know. I just consider he was like, I don't know. He was just like a greasy street dude who hung out with Akeem. Yeah, he's just like a greasy, maybe, maybe, I guess, drug dealer, maybe, if you're being weird. But he was just like a gre- he was just like a greasy dude. I mean, the music video for Slick's theme song is ra- very racist. Yeah. Even... Even Slick himself is like, yeah, I mean, he just used the stereotypes he knew. <laughs> he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't think it's racist. He just doesn't, like, he just has never met a black person. So he just, like, looked at TV and then saw what was on it. <laughs> just wrote that down. Yeah, Vince Man looks at his own TV show and is like, that's what they do. What? Look for Ted DiBiase, make it rhyme. <laughs> but that's what they think. They, they want, this is crazy, though, because... Uh, Virgil actually trained with Afa and Sika. He trained with Yokozuna and Rikishi. He it basically immediately, immediately gets on uh, WWF television because he's jobbing like a year into being a wrestler. It's crazy how short this guy's career and how actually blessed he is to have the spot that he had. So, absolutely, he's jobbing as Luscious Brown because S.D. Jones was dead after facing King Kong Bunny too many times. Having squash matches with the likes of Paul Orndorff. That must have been fun to do with, because let me say this about Paul Orndorff. He has the faraway stare of a man that will just call you a hard N to your face. (laughs) That was a return to the bleeding asshole part. I gotta say this for you. Good luck editing this, because I'm only heating up. The second half is just going to be (laughs) offensive. This is... (laughs) This is... 
this is just the tip of the cl- the clit of the iceberg. So obvi- why are they both playing drums? This is so bad. <laughs> 1987, he debuts as Virgil, and that soon after being a guy who just loses in the ring, now you would have to have something where it's like, he's no longer Luscious Brown, he's now Virgil, he's my servant, you know what I mean? But this time they could just be like, he's Virgil now, you know what I mean? He didn't have to even attempt to make storyline, and I do miss that a bit, that they could just be like, this is happening now, and the audience is like, all right, fine. Yeah, I don't love the, like, this wrestler has many personalities. Like, that bugs the shit out of me. The whole Finn Balor, like, he's Finn Balor. Oh, now he's demon Finn Balor. It's like, no, he's not. He's Finn Balor wearing paint. That's stupid. I mean, that's not exactly Virgil's thing. It wasn't like he's, like, when he's losing, he's luscious brown. When he's standing outside the ring in a weird bow tie, he's Virgil. Although that would have been great. (laughs) It w- yeah, that would have been fucking great. Is that when he gets in the ring, he's luscious brown, but when he's out of the ring, he's Virgil, like he's Hulk. He's hulking. But then up. he loses. Yeah. Oh no he no. Reverse Hulk's Hulk's up. He just starts getting scared and loses. I'm crying. Um. No, don't hit me. That's luscious brown. Named by Bobby Heenan because they wanted to make fun of Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes' real name is Virgil Runnels, so they called. Ted DiBiase's bodyguard Virgil. This is a theme from Mike Jones, by the way. He is um, constantly He's only used to make fun of the other companies. companies. Guy, it, it's insane. Like this literally starts the theme of his entire career, which is he's not that. Like he's a fine wrestler. He's not great. He's not good. He's a fine wrestler. And he's not good at wrestling, and that's crazy given how, like, well he moves. Like, he just never got it. He's like, yeah, he's okay, but he's, like, maybe low-key the worst promo of all time. I just don't think he knows how to be a promo. I think he knows how to stand there. If you think about it, within the first year of his business of being in wrestling... They've figured out what they want him to do, which is stand there and count money for Ted DiBiase. Like, it's also, they don't put him in a place where he can learn. He's, you're going to be the number two to a really good talker and a big personality. So the only thing you can really do to that is be a wallflower and be intimidating. And that's kind of what he attempts to do everywhere else. It just doesn't always necessarily work. So in the case of, um, you know, after when he's feuding with Ted DiBiase, they have to put him with Rowdy Roddy Piper just to amp him up. And it's, it's just fucked. Well, I mean, the Roddy Piper thing is fucking crazy. We talk about that in the Roddy Piper uh, episode, but we'll get into it more here. Um, but 1987, uh, Virgil, of course, is uh, the bodyguard for Ted DiBiase. He starts wrestling, which basically, uh, as I was mentioning, serves the function of Ted DiBiase has run away. You get to beat up Virgil, so Ted DiBiase can attack you from behind. And that's what he does. I just don't like it because it's one of those things where it's in why would you keep if you're if you follow the logic why would you keep a guy who keeps losing on your payroll if you're the million dollar man do you know what I'm saying it just doesn't track for me yeah but you need all right so you need I think actually I'm gonna say why Virgil is good good as a bodyguard is because before this DiBiase's bodyguard is um andre the giant right no andre the giant comes in afterwards he hires he first has virgil and then he tries to buy the million dollar belt from um 
He tries to buy the world title from Andre the Giant, and Andre the Giant becomes their th- his third. Ooh. Yeah. Well, the WWF tried to originally claim that this was the first million-dollar corporation, but it was not. They just didn't give it a name because they didn't do that back then. Yeah. Well, this, this. I mean, it makes sense to me why you would have him because, because uh, he, because he just, I don't know, he looked intimidating enough. And you can't have everyone be super huge. Like, you can't, like, not everyone on the TV show can be massive. Like, of course, he could have just had the Warlord, but, like, everyone else was doing something more interesting. Guaranteed, Virgil was just the one who was like, hey, we're going to bring you up as a bodyguard. Uh, You wear a weird bow tie and you just stand there. And he was like, oh, thank you very much. Yes, I would love money. First of all, I don't think he thanked them. Um, Second of all, okay, that's totally (laughs) fine. But then you could use him in a different spot, which is... Instead of Ted DiBiase always running away, you just have Virgil interfere all the time. Stuff like that is just—it's just my fucking opinion. I just think that you could have done it in a bit of, of a different way that makes it a bit more logical, and also it makes Ted DiBiase evil as opposed to snaky. And he's always sort of kind of a snake shithead, and I just think that that affected his character a little bit. Yeah, I mean, definitely when we do a DiBiase episode, whenever that is, we. We'll have to talk about how, like, he was more snake. He was, like, uh, he was... Ted DiBiase wasn't built to be an evil, scary villain because the tone of the WWF in the late 80s was, much like every other Saturday morning cartoon was, the good guy wins at the end, and then the bad guy snakes away to come back another day. Like, they had very impotent bad guys. It wasn't a territory where the heel would keep the title and, oh my god, when does the good guy gonna win it? It was a territory where the good guy always wins. Like, just like they say in the on, uh, Bruce Pritchard's uh, stupid fucking show, um, Hogan must pose, you know? That was... And I think, as far as the late 80s, that makes a lot of sense. Like, that's why a guy like DiBiase is a great uh, villain for the late 80s specifically, is because he is kind of impotent. Like, he's not... He's flabby uh his the first thing you notice about him physically is like his head is fucking huge (laughs) when i was watching these matches i was like ted dibiase's head is so big and his body is just like a guy trying to get in shape but he doesn't really want to do the dieting part yeah absolutely and also quite frankly and he's facing a brick wall on steroids he also has the weirdest body i've ever seen like like why are your moobs flat? <laughs> yeah, his his yeah, his moobs are half of his body. By the way, moobs mean man boobs, isn't that jokes? Oh yo. Oh, uh, cause we put man and then boobs and that's fucking sick. Who wants to get up in my red pepper dick? <laughs> uh Virgil once said of Jake the Snake Roberts, he was so good he would lead you through a match even if he was asleep. And uh, that sleep means drunk. <laughs> yeah. Also, Virgil definitely doesn't believe that or know who Jake the Snake is. He just was at a Comic-Con, and he heard someone... Diamond Dallas Page said that, and he wrote it down, and now that's all he says. Do you like wrestling, Virgil? <laughs> Let me tell you about uh, wrestling Jake the Snake. And like, oh, I didn't actually ask about that. Oh, that's what we're talking about, though. I Don't look at me in the eye. Um. <laughs> so basically eventually Virgil it's been four years of Virgil standing there while the million dollar man gets beat up and finally he's realized wait a minute I don't want to be a servant anymore he forms a friendship with Roddy Piper and this is this is so <laughs> ever, like obviously everyone no one likes the imagery of the rich white guy uh, with the black man servant no one likes that imagery but I think 
using 21st century eyes, using the 2018 wokeness eyes, I almost think that the basically Virgil getting his quote unquote freedom uh, storyline is more racist uh, because. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, we, it makes you realize that the Ted DiBiase owned Virgil the entire time as opposed to he was his employee. And Roddy Piper goes on these fucking crazy ass promos talking about Nelson Mandela and slavery. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> just like heavy shit. And it's 11 a.m. And for sure, even parents who just casually knew their kids watched this would walk by and be like, wait a minute, what the fuck is this guy saying? Yeah. Why is that guy wearing so many different colors in tone and yelling about um, Nelson Mandela? Because it can't be positive. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you this, Virgil. Everyone knows your type aren't smart enough to realize that they're being taken advantage of. But let me draw you a graph here. Also, like, to not be, to get really crazy, Roddy Piper does a I'm on cocaine reference at the beginning of the summer or the Survivor series of this year. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That is so over, like, he literally just goes, we're all jacked up, and then he puts his finger in his nose and goes, yeah, and it's like, oh, he just had him on coke. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, Piper went too soon. It's crazy that he lasted as long as he did. Yeah, like, Oh, the ra- the rageaholic al- the the rageaholic alcoholic drug addict who was so intense when he came back to Portland where his family lived, he always got a hotel for a night so he could calm down. <laughs> Wean off drugs. Yeah, it's basically saying he's the type of hungover you can't be near kids. <laughs> so, uh Virgil here, um he wins the million dollar belt from Ted DiBiase. It is worth noting as you said how fucking crazy over Virgil got as part of this storyline. It's just that there was no substance at the end of it. Like, who the fuck was like that? There was a guy, Alex Riley. Yeah. You probably don't remember this. Miz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alex Riley and The Miz. And Alex Riley was only over when he broke off from The Miz. Like, he was so over, but everyone knew that the Virgil effect would happen, which is there's no real substance to this character. This guy's okay. But he's not really charismatic. So basically, why even try and transition him into anything else? And the same thing is, I think they miscalculated with Damien Mizdow because they thought the big thing is he'll break off from Miz. Everyone will be pumped when he breaks off from Miz. And then we got to fire him because there's nothing left after that. I-, I agree with both things. Fun thing about Alex Riley claims that John Cena torpedoed his career. I've heard that too. Apparently, John Cena was a real so and so back then. Don't really believe it, Alex Riley. Like, no one was looking for you to do fucking anything. You were not Zack Ryder. No, but, like, if you were a, if you were a beefcake back then, if you were a Caucasian beefcake, you were done. It's a fair point. Yeah, John Cena was protecting his fun. Ted DiBiase Jr. also got uh, cucked. Yeah, but that was also because he... And the crazy crime time thing. The If you ever read JTG's book, he has a bunch of allegations against uh, Cena basically and that's pretty fucked up because if you guys watched it back then basically john cena was character was a rapper so vince mcmahon partnered him with crime time the only two black characters which were they like to steal yeah and uh and then once they were done he was done partnering with crime time so they could see on tv that john cena has black friends that way it's okay he's a rapper he fired the black people on his tv show makes sense wrestling 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 
And didn't one of them accidentally say, like, you got to hustle, be loyal, and respect? And they printed it, and then he was like, you're done. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. They were supposed to... He said, uh, it's all about... In this game, it's all about uh, hustle and loyalty. And he just didn't say respect, and then... The guy went, oh, and then he apparently went to the journalist. This was JTG said this. Oh, can you just not put that in the article? The guy was like, yeah, 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 for sure. And then the guy did put it in the article. He, they were, Crime Time was supposed to have t-shirts come out. Like a week later, the t-shirts were canceled. And then basically, like he still worked. He still Lanny Poffo'd it for two years of just showing up to the arena and then being like, oh, you're not on the card again. But he definitely, yeah, they could, they missed out on a lot of money because of that. Jesus fucking Christ. And that is the end of Virgil. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah, because you think Crime Time is Virgil? Because you're a fucking racist. John, stop So it. then he basically, yeah, goes on to have the Ted DiBiase feud. He wins the million dollar belt somehow, even though it's not a real championship. Um, he forms a friendship with Roddy Piper that we, of course, discussed. But this is the thing that Virgil, being Virgil, rears his ugly head as he loses the belt back to Ted DiBiase basically in their first big interaction um and uh they yeah. have a couple of more sort of blow-off matches but even this feud they're like oh he's no longer with the million dollar man that's cool ah, actually we don't give a fuck and now he just becomes like basically the wrestler that if you're a big scary heel you're gonna beat up virgil yeah he's the uh he's the sympathy jobber which is no one wants to see virgil lose but he always does yeah and but i think that's that's what it was like they basically tried the hat of having Virgil they tried having Virgil um wrestle other people and switch off of the DiBiase feud but then they basically discovered he's only over because with in the confines of that DiBiase feud so if you take him out of that no one fucking gives a shit so they just give the title back to DiBiase of course because you know that's what you got to do. You got to have fucking DBS. You got to have DBS. He's the better performer. You can get way more mileage out of him. So they make the correct decision. I agree. And, and it sucks because like the storyline, that storyline could have launched a major, major character. Yeah, but it's also you would have need a performer who could actually portray a major character as opposed to Virgil, who's concerned that people are seeing him. <laughs> well, then you see like, all right, there's a great one. There's a great, great... Um, promo where it's like Virgil and Bret Hart for some just like random house show. It's Virgil and Bret Hart on oh the boy. DiBiase and I think the Repo Man or something. And it's just I, Bret Hart should never look like the most natural speaker. Yeah. Is what I will say. Because Virgil's just pointing and saying like words that i'm sure he doesn't know are connected to each other well virgil's also was the master of the late 80s early 90s wrestling promo which is just ending with going, yes ah! <laughs> hey i'm going to fight you ah! million dollar man ah! well it's also like you know why vince mcmahon uses writers when he figured out that that was an option he was like thank fucking god i don't need Look at the Ultimate Warriors promos. The reason why they had to use those is that was take 11 and they had no more time. I really like that, though. Because the Ultimate Warrior just did a podcast about an, about space instead of setting up a fucking match. Oh, my God. If he was still alive, the Ultimate Warrior would be doing a podcast on Podcast One right now. Do you know oh, how yeah. fucking insane that podcast would be? I mean, 
he formed his own university above a bowling alley that was just his philosophies. And then if you, <laughs> and then if you get the check cleared, he just gave you a certificate that said, I graduated. Yeah, Destrucity. <laughs> he made Vince McMahon come to that school. That's fucking, I love professional wrestling. What I love about the Ultimate Warrior especially is he is like, as much as they were like, fuck this guy, he also was just like, they knew that they needed him. And so they would keep bringing him back. <laughs> yeah, of course. You watch WrestleMania 30, most people are wearing an Ultimate Warrior shirt. Someone's going to get desperate, and that's the power that the Ultimate Warrior knew. And I'm going to link it back to it. Virgil probably knew is that someone's actually no. What I'm going to tell you actually uh, once he leaves the WWF is, <laughs> I mean, Virgil's the desperate one. But we're going to get, this is basically after they've finally taken the Band-Aid off of uh, him uh, being with the Million Dollar Man, and they're going to see if Virgil can survive, and of course he cannot. After the break, we're going to talk about 1992 to the year 2000, which is essentially the rest of Virgil's active in-ring career right after this. Stay there. It gets repetitive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's time for a break. To have a break. Break. Everyone's breaking. We're broken. Yeah. Not like Matt Hardy, because nice. we're not paying impact any money. Yay. Go to patreon.com. Wrestler review. There's a backslash in there and give us some fucking cash, you fucking shits, so you can decide what wrestler we review next or to pay us enough money to get a Barry Darso tattoo. Only one of us will do that because the other one already has given his body for stupid ideas. Now enjoy the rest of the episode, and if you don't, shut up your fat. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. Please give us so much money. Don't fucking correct my commercial. Virgil has split from the million dollar man. Virgil. Time for Virgil to get beaten up by various big heels. Let's list off who's getting beaten up by. Nails. No, no, sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah, Nails. Sid Justice. Yep. The Mountie. Yep. Kamala. Oh, yeah. Repo Man. No, he beat the Repo Man. I know. I just like bringing up the... That was a, le- that was a legit feud. Also, here's another fun thing he would do is uh, to establish... This is something they don't do now with the jobbers who basically are like Virgil, basically jobber with a character, is he would just beat jobbers from time to time, basically solidifying the level. Like, he is the lower mid-card guy. This guy can beat people who always lose. Yeah. But if someone... But if someone beats him, then they are good. And that's what they need. They don't have that. That's an interesting, interesting point. That he is like, he's the, if if wrestling was Mortal Kombat, he's Kano. You never, like, you're excited to face Kano. You never want to play as Kano. <laughs> exactly. He says uh, jobbing never really bothered him at all. He was, of course, teaming with Tito Santana for a fair amount of time uh, that's stemming from his loss of the million dollar belt to Ted DiBiase with interference from the repo man. Um, he receives a shot at the uh, heavyweight championship loses to the sharpshooter for Bret Hart. They do the, I respect you bro angle where they shake hands at the end because Virgil is so, I mean, I can only speak personally, but I was a huge Virgil fan as a kid. There's also no way Bret Hart respects Virgil. Oh, I love Virgil, too. There, that, this is an odd thing. This the, In the post-Million Dollar Man time, there was something that kids related to Virgil in, and I think it was, I wouldn't know how to do this either. <laughs> 
He talked like a kid. Yeah, he talked like a kid. He looked confused in the ring like a kid. When they broke his nose, they just kept bullying him about it like every kid. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the fucking broken nose until now. That's one of the many ways they put How over the Sid Justice. Is that they broke his nose, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is also, by the way, the time where they also tried to put Virgil over as he knows how to box, which is always the classic... Oh, yeah. Last no, that's- stand of any gimmick in the WWF. You know that a guy's about to get fired <laughs> when it's like, he boxes now. TKO Mark Marrow? Hey, he's a boxer. Oh, so his finishing move is probably like a, he punches really hard? No, it's a slam. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Why? No, it's a slam because boxing's stupid. No, it's a shooting star press. Ask us no more questions. Yes, he knew how to box. The only two last things, basically, that happened to Virgil in the WWF are in 1993, uh, Shawn Michaels on a home cassette tape named Bash in the USA starts a promo saying, I know Virgil has one, one really good asset to him, but you know, I wasn't concerned about any of that. Without qualification of the asset, basically he's talking about Virgil's... Giant dick. <laughs> giant fucking hog. He's got a slab of dong on him. What's weird is, is that, so of the biggest dicks in the WWF throughout history, apparently they are Dave Batista, Virgil. Yeah, man. Batista really hit the fucking lottery. I've seen Hulk Hogan's dick. Hulk Hogan's dick is nothing to be like, you're like, oh, okay, that sounds about right. So if Virgil's dick is like, well, we need to make mention of it in comparison to Hulk Hogan's, like, it must be fucking crazy. Well, we already mentioned your boy on the podcast already, but as, as, as Colt Cabana said one time, Colt Cabana, okay penis, too cold Scorpio, very penis. That's what they said in Japan. <laughs> very penis. <laughs> he's got a just a he's got a Johnson and a Rocky on him. You know what I mean? A Rocky Johnson. <laughs> boom 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 boom. Can we boom. start a podcast called Very Penis? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's where we review tits. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I think we should have a tits one and a dick one i mean that's only fair so very deep. how how angry would it how angry would people get on the internet if women just had a, if there was a two girls had a podcast where they just reviewed guys like <laughs> i would listen to it every fucking week oh it would be awesome we should have a podcast network where it's just creeps reviewing body parts what I'm impressed is, is that no one has got started a podcast where it's listen to me fuck. <laughs> I mean, now I'm gonna. <laughs> if you, I'll just loop the sex noises from more human than human, and that'll be it. That'll be the whole thing. Yeah, but you'll be able to hear the music in the background. No, that's what how that's what happens. I only fuck to that song. What's <laughs> that, the problem? It's weird that I know that 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 is true. I would like to hear you talk to your wife about, hey, listen, we're going to record us fucking and then I'm putting it out as a podcast. No, I wouldn't do that. I would just do it. <laughs> no, but I want to hear wh- what your wife has to say about it. She would be upset. Yeah, rightly so. <laughs> what if you said that to your girlfriend? Would you be like, she would be like, okay, fine, John. Yeah. That's that. That's the next logical step in our career. She wants people to know that she's getting it good. She's giving it good as well. Oh, yeah, pegging. Yeah. Sorry, Dylan, for being experimental. <laughs> Apology not accepted. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you the something second else. thing happens to Mike Jones. I'll tell you someone yep. else who doesn't accept apologies. That's Mike Jones. Um, so 
WrestleMania 8, he's in one of the most embarrassing WrestleMania matches ever, which is just an eight-man tag where yeah. it's just a bunch of good guys on one side, a bunch of bad guys on the other, and the bad guys lose after three minutes, and then they have a Road Warrior promo that the crowd is more excited about than they've ever been excited for that match. <laughs> also, Virgil comes into the 94 Royal Rumble and is supposed to get thrown out, but doesn't really want to, so... <laughs> So Diesel has to punch him in the face twice and throw him out. That's it. Uh, also remember, he was a replacement for Kamala. Kamala was supposed to take that spot, uh, but just uh, couldn't make. That's very couldn't funny. make it. So they put Virgil in instead, which is just like that's so fucking racist. We gotta have one. Who's the other black guy? Yeah, that's <laughs> fucked. Like Virgil can't do it. Get me Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> 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 Virgil, that would cost so much more money, Vince. Virgil doesn't want to get in the Royal Rumble. Get me Billy T. Williams. <laughs> What's Sidney Poitier doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> I assume they all work for what I pay Virgil. Yeah, I assume they all work for a note that says I owe you money. <laughs> so apparently, how he got his job in WCW is, have you heard this story? Uh, Hulk Hogan was like, we need to make fun of Vince McMahon, and uh, Virgil was just hanging out by a dumpster hoping someone would drop off some bread, and then he got the job. Uh, that's bi- uh, that is one of the stories. The other one was, apparently, the Godfather was supposed to come into the to WCW as the Hogan's enforcer, his heavy, and uh, then he got called one time saying... That the contract was now null and they like won't be doing it anymore. It was no longer an offer. And he said he was totally stunned by this. And then he found out that Virgil had discovered they were talking and offered to do the same thing for a third of the price. Because <laughs> he wanted to be back on TV so much. Jesus fucking Christ. What a wonderful time to be alive. Also, guess who won, guess who won out in that? Which was Charles Wright the Godfather definitely won here's my favorite thing about virgil is he single-handedly in 1996 destroyed credibility of the nwo as cool yeah absolutely come out with his shirt tucked into his jeans i don't know how long his shirt was though that it never was untucked no matter how It'd be like a 20-minute match, and his shirt was still fucking tucked in. What was even better, though, was also when he started wearing a long-sleeve NWO sweater tucked into oh, his jeans. Yeah. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. I I actually don't mind him as Vincent, head of security, because the one thing is this was the NWO transitioning to... This is where they should have, by the way, started turning the tides in WCW, gaining some ground, because you could have had him be- people beating Vincent and stuff like that, but they'd never do it. Um is this goes like, oh, they they're a shit heel organization. They have a fucking head of security. Like that. And yet, by the way, Vincent very rarely interferes in matches, very rarely wrestles. If he does, it's in jeans and a t shirt. And that's it. Like, this is the best job ever. Yeah. He doesn't do fuck all for the rest of his career. He's got the ultimate WCW job. No, no. Show up. No, no. Lanny Poffo still has the ultimate WCW job. That's true. Here's a salary. Don't even come to TV. I don't know, though, because this is the ultimate wrestling job because you have to do nothing. You don't do promos. You don't get in the match. You don't do anything. But you still are on TV. So you still are like, remember me from uh, WCW? And everyone's like, oh, yeah. And then they wait a second. Like, 
you did nothing there. He's like, no, I did not. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I did jack shit. Depends on your definition of nothing, really. <laughs> so, yeah, he would just like... I was wearing clothes. I watched... <laughs> I watched a bunch of... I ate grapes near Hulk Hogan. I did a lot of stuff. How good would it have been if he would have come out and just ate grapes the whole time? Oh, I bet you that's what he was trying to do so many times, but he kept... They just kept moving the grapes, and he's like, grapes aren't supposed to be near light. They'll turn into wine. This is the greatest night in our sports history. Virgil's on his second vine of grapes. <laughs> Fans, I hope you're sitting down. Virgil just... Oh, my God, he spit out a seed. He spit out a seed on Scott Norton. <laughs> he's apologizing. Yeah. Great stuff. Virgil's crying and shitting his pants. Oh my god, he's jacking off. <laughs> yeah, he's jacking off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mary Penis. What do you jack off with? I jack off with my own dick. <laughs> What's the craziest thing you jacked off to? I jacked off one time to just the thought of me not jacking off. Yeah. Piss is my lube. Yes, penis. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said piss is my lube. I piss on my dick and then I jack off. That's another episode of Very Penis. It's 30 seconds long every six months. (laughs) (laughs) It takes 14 hours to produce because of the amount of sound effects. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah, I love to fucking come. Yeah. That's another episode of Very Penis. Mm. You ever get cum in your ass? Not from a dick, but just dropping it in there with a glass? Me too. Very penis. Can't make a baby that way. This is very penis. Thank you. Yeah. If you do make a baby that way, it'll be extra tough because he had to create himself. Yeah, very penis. <laughs> my baby's Ted Nugent. I had ovaries put in my ass, so when I stick my own cum up there, maybe it'll work now. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to very penis. You want to know why it's called the old right? Because it ain't wrong. Who wants to fuck? <laughs> why is it? Why, why is it a right wing? <laughs> it's a right wing fetish podcast. I mean, those probably aren't out there very much. Actually, now they are. Because we've said it, like five people have stolen our idea. Yeah, someone took that idea. If there's a podcast called Very Penis next week, I'll be shocked. <laughs> I will not be. <laughs> we mentioned, so you mentioned, did you mention this off the top? Go ahead. Did you mention this off the top? Uh, his name's in, I'm looking it up. Uh, his name. Oh, his name in uh, NWO is Vincent, which is a making fun of Vince McMahon. And this is, yeah. now they carry this through. This is so fucking stupid. So he's Vincent, and keep in mind, he's Vincent throughout, and he's in so many paper, he's getting pay-per-view payoffs, all sorts yeah. of stuff. Oh, by the way, I watched a YouTube video yesterday that went through all of Hulk Hogan's WCW contract. Do you know that he got 15% uh, um, of, of merch? Of merch. Full stop. Plus, he got a bonus every time he just wore an NWO shirt on television, and that included a WCW. <laughs> I love, I love WCW. Um, and the re- like the reason why they had to give him all this bonuses and it's stipulated is because Kevin Nash and Scott all uh, Scott Hall had favored nation clauses in their contract, which means if anyone else came in and made more than their base salary, they then made that base salary. So part of the reason why they kept trying to get more WWE guys in is it kept inflating their fucking money. To the point that um, part of the reason they think also Eric Bischoff let Bret Hart go the first time is because if he had brought them in, it would have inflated Kevin Nash and Scott Hall's salary to the point that they would be making as much as Hulk Hogan 
but without all the bonuses. And so they he made them wave it the second time Bret Hart came in. What I'm trying to say is, guess who did not take advantage of that at all? That's right. It was Virgil, who probably made 30 bucks and could have a sandwich, but he wasn't allowed to pick what flavor of sandwich. <laughs> BLT again. Well, I hope it's dry. I don't like mayo. I like the idea of someone calling up and just saying, I'll do whatever it is for a third of the money. And they're like, all right. <laughs> That's so fucking good. It was WCW in 1996. He could have just called up and be like, I want a million dollars. And they would have been like, That's ridiculous. We'll do it for half. <laughs> he would have just been half a million dollars and been in a tag team with Ice Train. And they would have called him, you know, Luscious Brown Train or whatever. They definitely still would have called him Vincent. Like, that was definitely just going to be his name if and when they decided to bring him in. Is they're like, well, we got to keep making fun of the WWE. We have to keep that joke going. Yeah. He was also renamed Shane in 1999 as part of the powers that be angle. No, and he was also yeah. briefly called Shane with the West Texas Rednecks. So you don't remember the West Texas yeah. Rednecks. It was... And the, everyone talks about, like, this is, like, the great mocking of WCW at a stupid angle. This got over so crazy. Like, this was on... Yeah is the rap is crap angle where the rest te- West Texas, Texas uh, Rednecks fought rap music personified by Mr. T, or Master P, pardon me, Mr. T. Yeah. I mean, they would do that. Oh, yeah, they we tried can, to... Br- we can get Master P, get Mr. T. <laughs> yeah, that's why they brought in Master P, is Mr. T was unavailable. Now, the thing is, is that they were doing it in the South, and the song Rap is Crap that they recorded for it, Started getting and played on a shitload of country radio stations, and like people loved it. They did a concert; it was huge. And they briefly brought in um, Virgil, now called Shane, uh, to be their heavy and basically their roadie. And then they switched it, and he became known as Curly Bill. That's I think Curly Bill is a fantastic name for anyone in the rest Texas Rednecks. I do wish that they would have picked a uh, better performer than Virgil to be Curly Bill because I would love an old prospector character in the West Texas Rednecks. I also would have liked to know what wrestling person they're making fun of by calling him Curly Bill because you know that someone's getting mocked. Like, I'm like, is it Bill Goldberg? Like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, maybe it's Bill Goldberg and he has huge pubes. Like, he won't trim his pubes. Interesting. You know, that actually makes a lot of sense. Maybe he's got curly, fat, fucking thick pubes. Okay, question for you. How many times have you been with a lady that was uh, FB? Full Bush? Full Bush. Countless. <laughs> no, seriously. I demand pu- proof of puberty, John. Oh, you demand it? Not even ID? You yeah. pull out one hair and wait for them to bleed? Mm. <laughs> oh, gross. You're a, what healthy <laughs> stock so, you're from? <laughs> no. No. I've been a couple times. Why, John? What's your beef? You going to shame some pussy hair or whatever? Absolutely not. Whatever the vag looks like, I'll still feed it my dick. I'm so sorry. I'm so <laughs> there you go. That's that's another episode of Very Penis. <laughs> um, no, I, I was gonna ask. Oh, I'm so, I feel so bad. Feed it, my dick. There you go. I, uh, I'm gonna say this. Are you ready for this? Okay. Um, have you ever looked at a, a full bushed woman and just thought, "Ooh, that reminds me of Virgil." <laughs> That's why I like it so much. <laughs> oh, I understand. Ooh, I'm going to put my Vincent in your curly bill, <laughs> and then we're going to make a Mike Jones. Mm, I'm going to put my Vincent in your Shane. I like that he's ba- he's had a long career by this point, 14 years in both major companies. 
only wrestling on the independent circuit for one of those years, and he's had one character. <laughs> like, he's had six names and one character. They never were like, Virgil's from the future. They were just like, no, he's still Virgil. Here's his dumb new name. They should have named him Linda. Oh, that was definitely on the table for a minute. Vince, Shane. If he had joined the Dungeon of Doom, they would have called him Linda. They would have put him in, like, mascara, and he would have stood next to Kevin Sullivan. That would have been fantastic. But here's the thing that's crazier about Virgil. 14-year career, two biggest wrestling companies, part of two of the biggest eras of wrestling, maybe 30 matches. Most of those during the Ted DiBiase time. Yeah, yeah, he's ba- he's basically the worst valet in the history of professional wrestling because he's not a manager; he's a valet. He's literally the opposite of Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth is beautiful and <laughs> brings you sympathy, and Virgil is annoying and brings you disrespect. <laughs> um, that's the end of his career now. Like he leaves WCW. He, I'm assuming, is signed through 2004 on some ludicrous ass deal. And right now, because best and worst, I mean... No, 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 no. We're not, and we're going to talk quickly about what Virgil's second act of his career has become. No, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the weird lies first. Oh, okay. You talk, yeah, you say what you want to say. No, you, that's what I just wanted to, I thought you were like, we're not going to talk about the weird lies and the lonely Virgil Comic-Con appearances, because why the fuck are we doing Virgil then? (laughs) I mean, no, that's all we're talking about. So, here's some weird lies. He said... He's actually said on camera that he's appeared at 17 WrestleManias when he's appeared in five. I mean, like, what other ones did he appear at? Uh, Well, he appeared on the five straight from, like, 86 till basically through 91, and then never again. (laughs) Because is he at WrestleMania 3? He's not at WrestleMania 3. No, he's not. So it'd be, like, four through, He's four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, he's appeared at five. Uh, He said that he's wrestled for the WWE for 20 years. He said his WCW contract was worth $7 million and guaranteed through 2005. He claims that Daniel Bryan's 4'11". That's good. Pardon me? He claims that he says the, he, he's like I measured Daniel Bryan. He's four foot. I love it. I love it. That you can qualify someone's height. Height is 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 not an objective thing, and to Virgil it is. Well, I'm seven feet tall, so how could he be not four <laughs> eleven? I uh, I really do like some of, some of the. I mean, let's get to the big one, the best one though, uh, which is he's saying that he's uh, got a fourteen inch penis. Here's the thing: is the problem with Virgil is he lies about so much that I can't believe that. But part of me is like, well, that might be true. Like that may also explain his personality and that he, there's so much blood in his dick that he can't think. <laughs> I mean, I love Virgil. He claims this is a, a fan. <laughs> this is something a fan said is that Virgil told him that Seamus is a black guy and that his white appearance is just makeup. <laughs> I mean, that's fantastic. <laughs> he claims that Seamus is just covered in white paint and that he's actually a black man. What would be, why would you do that? Like, what's the theory behind doing that? That I love, <laughs> I love him. Like, what does that accomplish? Why would you do, oh man, oh man. Who's, um, who who are Virgil's three best friends in the world? Reverend Al Sharpton, uh, okay. Joe Montana, yeah, the Reverend Billy Graham. Okay, well, you're those actually are less ridiculous than who he says they are. He says his best friends are Ray Lewis, P Diddy, and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they all they hang out. They go to clubs. <laughs> Virgil tells them to all tuck their fucking shirts in, and the goddamn do it. Mike Tyson, by the way, is a push. Like there is a possibility he is actually friends with Mike Tyson. <laughs> uh, he claims Donald Trump. Virgil himself is a Republican. Uh, of course, for advice. Of course, he is. Yes. <laughs> Oh, the, he asked himself for the kind of guy who yeah, considers right. Under Armour a suit. Yeah, this guy, he's got some back roots for you. <laughs> How great would it be if there was a wedding and everyone was just wearing skin tight Under Armour? You mean your wedding? You mean your wedding that I wasn't invited to because I would have come dick out? I would have loved to have a wedding where everyone had to wear Under Armour. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, everyone get your dick out. What? Get your dick out. Donald Trump won the 2016 uh, presidential election because Virgil gave him advice. <laughs> And what was that advice? Donald, make America no, great again? he gave him advice. No, he just said, Virgil just said, Donald Trump asked me for advice. Again, I don't not believe that. Like, that is 60-40 possible. Basically, Virgil is Donald Trump, but <laughs> Trump just speaks down to people better. Basically, uh, Donald Trump is Virgil if Virgil was white. <laughs> for six years, basically, uh, people have been taking pictures of Virgil being alone at <laughs> fan conventions. And uh, they're all on LonelyVirgil.net if you want to look at now, them. Now, it's apparently was st Sam Roberts of the Jim, and, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts show and formerly the Open Anthony show claims that he started it and Deadspin stole it from him. And Deadspin claims that Sam Roberts can eat their poo. So who knows who's telling the truth? I would believe... Here's something I do believe. I do believe that if you claim to have started something this weird, you're pathetic. <laughs> like, that's just a pathetic thing. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I'm the first person to ever put honey in coffee. That was me. I see your point, but the one thing is, is that I remember... I was listening to the Opie Anthony show at this time, and he was... All he was all he was doing was going to wrestling conventions, and he was talking about it a like a crazy amount. Okay. So it's a, like it's also possible that it, they started doing it at the same time, because also like virtual people wrestling fans have to go up to him. There's no way he's just alone at these conventions. They wouldn't invite him to come do them. Like they have to pay him to come. It's not like he's renting that table. Well, here's what people have said, essentially, is that this happens to everybody. It's just like your time off in between lines, and just people take pictures of it, and it's funny because no one cares about Virgil. Poor fucking man. This poor... Bl well, like, no one... No one ever... Like, there's tons of people at conventions like this. Like, I I did a... Like, a... I have a big... I have a one of my classic skits about it, but I did... I did uh, stand up at like a sci-fi convention, and they fucking have all these weirdos for like from Deep Space Nine who no one has any fucking idea what they are, and they're just chilling out doing the same shit. Oh, a friend, like a line, friend of mine, a Lionel form and then dissipate. A friend yeah. of mine knows one of the Power Rangers and has been their assistant at various Comic Cons, and the uh -huh. shit that that person gets, like just like full dolls homemade of her in a wedding dress that's for you like fucking crazy shit that's crazy and then you you do that and then what happens at the conventions <laughs> she accepts my gift well what's wrong with that what's wrong with being a fan i'll tell you what making anything i agree <laughs> even if you make they make them a sentence it's bad yeah if you're turning on an oven to kill something for someone you've never met Trouble. 
There is a documentary right now by Sam Roberts basically about Virgil. And it's like basically about how much of a fucking carny he is and the weird scams that Virgil runs to make money. Uh, and here's a couple of examples that I'll name through. Our valiant researcher, Christopher Hobson, has compiled way too many, or else this would just have been the whole show. But just turning up at events, uh, ranging from wrestling events to flea markets, and setting his stall up without being invited or given permission. <laughs> Apparently, he caused a big stir like at the 2010 Cleveland Autorama. <laughs> When he set up his stall next to a live wrestling event there without permission for me, the booker or the promoter. <laughs> Nothing about that I don't like, baby. <laughs> what if you just walked on stage and took the mic from a comedian and just started doing it and then pointed to that comedian and went, you owe me half your money now. <laughs> I'm sure someone has done that. There's like eight comics in Canada that I can think of that I'm like, they've done that. They've for sure done that. Like, walked on, been like, my turn to shine. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Virgil doesn't have a set price for photos. He just goes like, that'll be $80. And if they're like, uh, okay, he takes $80. And then if they're like, fuck you, he's like, 60 then. And he just keeps haggling down. How about no money, Virgil? How about no money? You're not even an intercontinental <laughs> champion. Free. Free. If Joe Rogan doesn't pro- uh, charge for photos, neither can you. I wish Joe Rogan would charge for photos. Why, you want to give him money? Because then people would just be bringing dead deer and being like, pose with my deer. Oh, that would be awesome, actually. <laughs> I'll pay you in skulls of rabbits. <laughs> Do you want to talk about hunting and jujitsu and fit tea? <laughs> uh, uh, my life's weird. That's the thing is, what I I like Joe Rogan. I think Joe Rogan's like a, a, a horrifically underrated comedian, mostly because everyone just assumes his crowd is an affliction shirt yelling, uh, gay slurs at a dog. I mean, Joe Rogan has some really good jokes, and then some of them are exactly what you would expect Joe Rogan to say. Not anymore. That like f- four specials ago, absolutely. Now I like. His net, his last Netflix special triggered. I haven't watched the newest one. I felt was one of the best stand-up specials of the last year. I mean, you really built it up like it was going to be a lot longer than a year. Think about how many stand-up specials have come out in the last year. More stand-up specials have come out in the last year than they have for the entire time of existence. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Just people filming on their iPhones and be like, "My new DVD." Yeah, I'm gonna close up on. Let's close up, and then we'll do uh, best and worst. We won't do whether he's a good person or not. I feel like we should reserve that only for when pe- someone's like a spectacularly bad. Yeah, person. I agree. Because the problem with Vir- like Virgil's not. I think Virgil's not a bad person. I think Virgil is a scum. Like he- he's a scumbag shit. Yeah. Like he's a. If we're just gonna give an attribute out of 70 he's a 36 like he's like a d person yeah he's not good virgil is like uh we have a mutual friend who is both disabled and sometimes an ass and it's like when he's being an ass you're like we know what you're doing you just don't want to do that it's like virgil's like he wants 80 bucks so he's gonna ask for 80 bucks when he set up his twitter account he just tried charging everyone 20 dollars to follow him like what a fucking great oh, for move. a follow like if you wanted to follow him back if he's following somebody, he would message them and be like, you owe me, you owe me 20 bucks. <laughs> I love it. Where's all this money going? <laughs> it's not. No, I don't know, man. He just probably keeps it. He just keeps it in the bag. I mean, he's probably rich. I would guarantee he does not have kids. Yeah, because if he did, he would have tried to sell them. You want my kid? <laughs>
he would have used his kid in some sort of like yeah weird carny scam yeah his kid would be dressed up like the million dollar man ted dibiase yeah so my kids kidneys kids don't need kidneys what do you want from me come on they go back what do you want from me now play my music pling 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 worst th- th- uh, <laughs> fucking music in the world too pling 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 that's what it sounds like. <laughs> so here is a uh, he is tur- so we'll do best and worst after this. Virgil has just showed up to the following things with his setup, his fan convention setup, and tried to get money. Oh, also the sign advertises the billion dollar man will be there. Home and garden shows, <laughs> which he says to, uh, <laughs> to pr- promote his friend's waterproofing. <laughs> a pet expo. Oh no. Yeah, it's because Vince, McMahon, Vince McMahon used to call him an animal. And then the Christmas light switch-on ceremony in Pittsburgh, <laughs> which is, <laughs> they have a big tree in Pittsburgh, they're going to turn it on, and Virgil's right next to it being like, does anyone want an autograph with Virgil? <laughs> in the picture or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's so good. The police had to allow that. Oh, that's so that's funny. That's fucking good. Oh, that's so fun. He's so shit. He has a rap song called Fuck Money. I mean, Jesus, motherfucking Christ. So good. He's still he's still wrestling as of a, a year ago, and he is friends with Tony Atlas, who we will be doing next week. Tony, Foot Fetish Atlas, will be next week on The Wrestler Room. Tony, Teddy Long thinks you're fucking crazy Atlas. Let's talk about. We're going to talk about flat shoes, Bruiser Brody, and not being a good wrestler next week. <laughs> um, Dylan, so let's do. What's your favorite thing about Virgil? Oh, there's so much. I'm going to have to say longevity. Of all the wrestlers we've reviewed, this man has done so much with so little. He's gotten juice out of a garlic cloak yeah like there's nothing there's no moisture think of the wrestlers that have quit wrestling wholesale leg of and whiskey out of a banana like this guy this guy's amazing this guy basically didn't work and was making six figures for a long time and i would believe he spent none of the money like i'd i'd believe if you come to town virgil's on the bus like he takes a string of buses across 100 percent. this is the kind of guy that goes what will not pay no no, he goes why would i take two buses when i walk the first leg that's my exercise one an hour 45 minutes then i wait for the bus and think (laughs) Uh, I think, I mean, I agree. That's the best thing. That's the only good thing about Virgil. I'm going to say that. That's the only good thing about Virgil. The worst thing about Virgil is his promos. He's so bad, and he's not even good bad. He's just like someone trying to figure out how words are related to one another. Bad. Um, his promos are bad. I'll tell you what's worse. His in-ring ability. Name a move that guy can do besides get He's, hurt. I mean, his in-ring isn't... No, his in-ring is bad. Watch a Virgil match. It's also one of those things where the reason... As Vincent, he's fucking off. Oh, as Vincent, he doesn't get it. And Vincent, he doesn't know how to walk down the ramp. Yeah, he just has straight legs. It's just straight. Because they're trying to be like... The NW is trying to be this like street gang with a bit of cred. You know what I mean? A bit of swag. And... They have Conan and somehow Vincent in the same one. I really liked when Vincent went with NWO black and white because they did need to, as much as everyone criticizes the black and white and the wolf pack. I liked it. They needed to divide it up. They needed to divide it up. The problem is, is they should have just had the wolf pack join WCW. Like they didn't need to make another NWO. They just would be like Kevin Nash is in WCW now. Yeah. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, 
Conan, Macho Man, like these guys are. I don't understand why they yeah. did that because it's like, wouldn't they just join WCW and not form their own faction? But it's like Eric Bischoff was so full of himself, he actually was shitting cocaine. And I mean, if you want to watch like this Sam Roberts documentary on Virgil is great. Also, if you want to have a good, uh, really good laugh, watch First Wave Wolfpack, where Kevin Nash is trying to uh, be a rapper, and it's hilarious because he also oh, yeah. tucks his shirt. Right the fuck into some jeans. The <laughs> amount of like they're throwing the West Side logo up. Oh, it's oh yeah, amazing. <laughs> the Tupac bandana when he's like an old white yeah, guy. Yeah, he goes the Tupac <laughs> bandana a lot, especially when he's in a wheelchair. Oh, it's fantastic. WCW seemed like the best place to work in the world. Like, get bombed, sit in a wheelchair, and Scott Hall tells you about how he just hit an old woman with his rental car. <laughs> it's I don't know if you did this. I don't know if anyone else has done this, but we had like a we had a. I mean, I assume most people do this. A class trip in high school, WCW seems like that class trip, but you make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, we didn't. We had something called grad trip in uh, our high school, which was all yeah. the graduating students just put got money together and went to Cancun. And for some reason, parents were like, "Yeah, we're gonna let these seventeen-year-olds fly to Mexico by themselves." <laughs> yeah, that's hot. Mm, did, did anyone get cunted? I did. That's sick. I didn't go. Oh, Why no not? I saw Ozzy Osbourne in concert instead. That was my Mexico. <laughs> also, on LonelyVirgil.com, there's a really good one where someone gets a picture with Savio Vega and Virgil is just <laughs> staring at her and Savio <laughs> Vega. <laughs> that was really good. So that's where we're going to end Virgil. Next week, we'll be back with Teddy Atlas, which will somehow Tony be, Atlas, you uh, fucking idiot. It's this. not fucking... Ah, oh, sorry. Not, it's Tony Atlas. Fuck. No, we're not doing Tony Atlas's weirder brother, Teddy. We're doing... Ooh, shut the fuck up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Um, this is the segment of the rest review that we're calling Black People That Are Fucking Crazy. Virgil, Tony Atlas, <laughs> and then after... They're just called crazy people. I think it's a good point, I guess. Jesus. You don't have to differentiate them. Also like that. a crazy black guy. You cholo. Jesus was black is what I'm trying if to you're say. You're listening to this? Jesus was black. We're sorry that we're the people we are. I'm not. Bye bye. I'm right. Mm. I am Steve Bannon. <laughs> For John Bannon, I'm Dylan Jones. Good night, everybody. For Dylan Weinstein, I am John Hastings. Ladies and gentlemen, one last thing. Please, if you want to hear a very penis podcast, um, go and get all of those internet domains and create them. And if you do all of that, then we might do, uh, do an actual episode of Very Penis. Have a good week. Bye-bye. I will do. <laughs> Bye-bye. Please join me in welcoming Virgil who is joined by the man who will be in his corner, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Listen to the election here for the hot rod and Virgil. Oh, nice of you to come back. Am I on? Hello. Yeah, yeah you're on. Testing, testing. Had an easy time of it here this week, didn't uh, you? With perfect, it's always an easy time. Yeah. Won't be that easy at WrestleMania, Brain. Uh, Big boss man will see you that. WrestleMania's not my favorite event. No, I know that. Hasn't been too successful in the past. Let's listen to this. What do we have going on this week, Mr. Piper? Well, folks, this week we're going to have a little lesson in human rights. We're going to have Human Rights 101. You see, P didn't always stand for Piper. P stood for poverty. 
He stood for a lot of different things. For instance, there's a difference between being a friend and a fool. And I does hate a bully. Virgil, want you to check something out here. Want you to take this cloth and I want you to say to me, Roddy, my back's hurt. Would you mind, friend, uh, shining my boots for me? Roddy, my back's hurt. Will you please mind shining my shoes for me? Be my pleasure, friend. Stick that foot on up here. Wait a minute, Piper. What's going on? Oh, baby. Oh, honey, I can make them shine. Look at that, honey. Look at that. Oh, yes. How's that look, huh? That looks good. Get it off my kilt there. There you go. Well, what's the point? Uh, it's a pleasure. You know why? Because I'm your friend. Let me give you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me give you another little uh, lesson here. You take that uh, cloth there and you say to me, Roddy, kiss my feet. Roddy, kiss my feet. Stick it in your nose. Slap me. Tell me, kiss my feet. Kiss my feet. Stick it in your nose. Slap me. Guess who's coming to dinner?